Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways to do so are by leaving us five-star reviews, subscribing to the show on your favorite platform, and downloading the show. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at lunchpailguys underscore. Enjoy today's show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second episode of the week from the Launch Pail Guys podcast. Again, we are in the midst of our Aidenless month, so we have Jared, we have Bart, and we have Wyatt here to give you some good sports content today. We are going to be talking exclusively about the NFL today. We're going to start off with some news we missed. First, very exciting stuff that, you know, provokes some discussion in the group chat. Peacock is going to broadcast a wild card game exclusively during the playoffs does anybody have any thoughts this is bogus this is so stupid <laughs> they're first they're taking over notre dame and they're doing an exclusive game on notre dame that i don't watch every year and then they're also they're now doing this freaking you can't do a playoff game don't mess with a playoff you can do thursday night but don't mess with a playoff no nobody wants thursday night. Service. nobody cares about thursday amazon night. paid a billion dollars for it it's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money yeah <laughs> 94 of the 100, no, no, not 79 of the 100 most watched sporting events last year were NFL games. You will make a ton of money getting people to just to subscribe to Peacock for that game. I guarantee you. They paid 100, I heard they paid $100 million mm. for this, for one game. That's crazy. I, but I feel like you're not already subscribing for the Thursday night games. You're not going to subscribe for a single playoff game. Yeah, I'm not subscribing for a playoff game. I'm Your team was YouTube. in that playoff game, you just like went it. Yeah, I'm pulling up ESPN. I'm looking at GameCast. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just reading everything. I get it for free, so I don't care. <laughs> yes, I'm team wide on this. I also get it for free through my uh, also, through my Wi-Fi. There's, there's so. free trials. Yeah, I get it through my Wi-Fi as well. There's free trials. There's, I'm sure somebody you know has a login. Jared, somebody on this podcast you know has a login. Um, there's a lot of different things. Like we, People have been bumming off each other's Netflixes and Amazon Primes and like I think out of every subscription service I have on my TV, Disney Plus, which I don't even think I'm logged into mine, and HBO are the only two that I actually pay for, and then YouTube TV, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, I don't pay for. I just get them from free. Everybody does that. But for legal purposes, why it is kidding, obviously. Yeah. It's not, it's not illegal. <laughs> it's not illegal at all. No, I know. Don't I'm tell kidding, Netflix. Kidding, no, Don't tell Netflix. Yeah. Well, they tried that, right? And then they shut it down. They, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know that. what happened with that. Yeah. yeah this is stupid, though. I hate this. I hate this for the TV landscape. Yeah. You're going to love it's this. It's like, though. I think... <laughs> yeah. Having to, it's, it, the MLB has this problem, too, where... To watch every game, you have to subscribe to, like, six different streaming. That's because the MLB is like dumb. Yeah, it's because they, it they don't care about putting on a good TV experience. <laughs> the Apple TV Plus Friday night game of the week, the Peacock Sunday morning rise and grind thing or whatever it's called. I don't know. It's too much um, for the yeah. MLB to be doing. But yeah, we'll see. Um. In other exciting football broadcast news, Matt Ryan is going to CBS as an analyst. Any thoughts on how he'll do? He'll be fine. No. Well, First of all, shout out for a, a good career. 
Yeah. He'll, he'll be forgotten player. about, but he was an MVP, right? Yeah, he was an he MVP. He didn't officially retire. He's, he's going as an analyst, he's still getting though. Paid, what? He's still getting paid to the by the Colts, apparently. You think no. he would go to be an analyst and then come back to play? Dude, that'd be crazy. You like no. go and you show your football knowledge, and like I think Matt Ryan's got some juice left, and you get some <laughs> phone calls somewhere around like the yeah week thirteen. You're like, yeah, maybe, maybe I get him back maybe. in there. Uh, we'll see. A Philly legend. Oh, man, we wish him the best. But from there, we're going wait, to go. Wait, one more. Why is he a Philly sorry. legend? He's from Philly. Oh. I don't know. Oh, I know that. I didn't know that. He wait, did you have the... And... Oh, yeah, Boston College. Wait, Lucas, I'm sorry. Yeah, do you have the Anthony Richardson story on the news we missed? I, didn't, I wasn't looking at your own. No, but you can go for right so, ahead. So... Pat McAfee show, of course, was very excited about this. That Anthony Richardson apparently had a team function. Uh, the the players kind of left the room in like a trashy state, and Anthony Richardson stayed late to to clean to help clean. Even after people told him to leave, he said, "No, we left this room in an unacceptable condition." The leadership wow. in that locker room right now. This is rookie of the year. This is I saw a report like, that he was. Right yeah. Well. I saw a report that it was like he's expected to take the starting role. Like no duh. I think that like it's just like they want to hype him up as like this miss like this unknown raw product. And like he was a, still a top four pick, and he seemed to be a good buy. Apparently he's not as raw as everyone said he was. And when you watch the tape, he doesn't look his character. He doesn't look raw. Like he doesn't look like he's bad mechanics or anything like that. He looks like he reads well. He looks like he moves to the pocket well. He's a great athlete that he can rely on. He has a really talented arm, and I think the only thing that's raw about him is some placement issues. But I don't think that he looks like he is like a bad player at all, or that he has two years of growth left. Which is unrelated to your story, Jared. Uh, but I just think that like all of the stuff that people talk <laughs> about, we're when on it the comes, topic. Yeah, it's just like when, when it, like people just kind of go crazy with the topics and the narratives and all that. Hmm. All right. Well, one thing we're about to go crazy with on narratives is the NFL schedule release. Um, we're going to go through four major topics related to the release. Um, the NFL, we've learned, can make an event out of anything. Um, this wasn't even like we saw who was playing each other. We just saw what order they were playing each other in. But it became a big event, generated a lot of buzz. And we're going to go through four topics. Two of us will take each of them um, and give our takes related to the NFL schedule release. And we'll start with the team most likely to go worst to first based on their roster as it's assembled and the schedule they have in front of them. Wyatt, you're up. I've uh, been going back. I really wanted to say the Chicago Bears because I like their offseason. I like the moves that they had made. Um, but I'm not going to say the Chicago Bears because they do play the AFC West, I think. I think maybe, yeah, the AFC West where they play the Chargers Chiefs um, and the other two teams that don't really matter. But uh, I think that the team that goes from worst to first is probably, regrettably, the New York Jets, who I think are a little bit overhyped now at this point in the season. But um, when, I, when you look at the rest of the division, I think that it's kind of up for grabs. The Dolphins, or at least, are kind of unproven. Um, the Bills were substantial, substantial, won substantially last year, but I don't know if they made enough this year to really separate themselves or remain separated from the rest of that gap in that division. And, of course, they did have an upgrade 
at quarterback at Aaron Rodgers, even if I don't think he's going to be fantastic. Their defense is really good. Their young offensive talent is only going to get better. Um, Randall Cobb is a New York Jet now, so that completely transforms their offense. And um, it's just like – that was a joke, by the way. Um, but it's just – it's. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it seems kind of lined up for them to take a leap. I don't know if they're going to do it, but I think they're most likely to do it. Mm. Yeah, sorry. Why? I missed the joke because I was looking at my notes. Um... <laughs> Jared, yes, you're up next. Tell us who's most likely to go from last place in their division to first place in their I division. Am gonna s- yeah, no, you're right. Sorry, Lucas. I cut you off. I am going to say the Chicago Bears, actually, Wyatt. Um, because even though they do... Uh, play the AFC West. The, they have a similar strength of schedule as everybody else in the division, basically. We know what happened to the Vikings last year, 11-0 in one-score games. There's no way that's going to happen again two years in a row, right? The Packers are probably going to regress, too. <laughs> Bart. Packers are probably going to regress, too. And then the Lions kind of, like, who knows what's going to happen with them. Like, they still have a... Even though they had a weird draft and, like, a lot of people didn't like it, they still have a pretty good team and a good core and everything. But then they have those wide receiver suspensions too, so who knows how that's going to affect them. I think the Bears actually do have a legitimate shot. I mean, realistically, it's probably the Falcons, but the NFC South is like too easy. That's yeah, like, you know, they, they were also say on my radar. It's like, I guess I could pick the Falcons, but... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. For our next topic, we're going to just flip it around. What team is most likely to go from first in their division to worst in their division this year? And Jared, we're sticking with you. Lucas, it is the defending NFC champions, the Philadelphia Eagles. First off, they've already been called take. a synonym of a team of destiny by one publication, as you pointed out, yes, Lucas. Yes, that's fair, that's fair, that's So fair. that doesn't help. But on their schedule, they have 10 games against uh, playoff teams from last year, which is yeah. most tied for most in the NFL. They're playing the at home. They're playing the Cowboys, Giants, Bills, 49ers, Dolphins, Vikings. Those are all pretty, pretty tough games. And then the Commanders also were above 500. Who knows what the commanders do, making a leap maybe with Eric Bieniemy and they like selling the team and everything. They're probably going to tank, most likely, and like Ron Rivera might not be able to do anything about it. But I think the Eagles um, have like a pretty tough schedule, and they also were like last year had a were had a very favorable schedule. I don't think it was a fluke or anything, but this division is tough. There hasn't been a repeat division winner in a while, so I think the Eagles have a chance of. Do I actually think they're going to be worse? That's like kind of a stress uh, stretch, but I wouldn't be shocked if they don't win the division, personally. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you stole my thunder a little bit on the toughest schedule one we have coming up. Um, we'll get to that. That makes two we'll get of to us. That. Yes. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Bart, you are up next. Uh, who's most likely to go first to worst? Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to commit kamikaze here and say it's the Vikes. I hate to do it, but it's. I think I really think it's the Vikes. I mean, like I was scoffing at you, Jared, when you just said that. You know, eleven and zero in one possession games. You're exactly right. Last year absolutely felt a bit fluky, and we have to accept that regressing to the mean could mean them getting like quite a bit worse this year. It also has not been a good off season for them. Like they just released Alvin Cook. They traded Zadarius Smith. They lost more defensive free agents than they signed. And even in the draft, they did get some defensive guys, but they spent their first pick on a receiver. So the biggest weakness of the team is still a weakness. Brian Flores is the new coordinator. Maybe he'll help. I don't know. And then <laughs> shout out to Sharp Football Analysis for this. There's a thing that there's a thing that he, that he made called rest fairness. 
And mm-hmm. using the new schedule, the Vikes have the fourth lowest rest fairness in the league, meaning that they are <laughs> often going to be l- mm-hmm. less rested than the teams mm-hmm. they're playing, which could also screw them over. And then in the first seven weeks, they got uh, the Eagles, Chargers, Chiefs, and Niners, all of them. So their their first half of the season could be trash, and then it could all just fall apart from there. So, yeah. Yeah, will be tough. All right. Uh, moving on next to what matchup are you most likely to see? Getting a little more schedule-specific here. I'm starting. For me, it's really easy. Uh, I'm most excited for the Super Bowl rematch between the Eagles and the Chiefs that they have this year. Um, I think it is kind of a low-hanging fruit of an answer. Um, but I think I would like to see how the Eagles play um, to see if they can sort of get up for that game again, given how it went last year. And I think it would be a good gauge. I don't know where either team will be at this point in the season, and we'll talk about it later with the Eagles' schedule. There is the potential for things to go horribly wrong. I don't know. Maybe Mahomes gets injured for the Chiefs or something like that. Probably not likely. But if both teams are as good as we think they are, which I think is the potential to be the best team in in their respective conferences, I think we are in store not only for a potential, um, you know, rematch of last year's Super Bowl, but a preview of the Super Bowl again going into this year. Because I think if you had... To put your money on it, those are the two best teams in each conference uh, this year. Does that mean they'll make the Super Bowl again? No, but I think it'll be a fantastic game, and I'd love to see the Eagles, um, you know, get a win. Obviously, it would mean way less than one in the Super Bowl, but it'll be a fun game to see. Just to, Wyatt, what do you just think? Just to take less. Oh. Um, well, first of all, Lucas, that is low-hanging fruit. I think the better Eagles answer is San Francisco against the Eagles in Week 13, where there seems to be some real bad blood. Uh, between them when it comes to the discourse and all that. Um, the answer the answer for me is I am excited to see this week one matchup between Detroit and Kansas City. At least like I'm I'm interested. <laughs> uh, I think Kansas City is gonna Kansas City is going to win, but it is a new era for Kansas City offensively, I guess, with Eric Bieniemy being gone. And they're both two electric play callers. Um, a lot of offensive talent between those two and I'm interested in just seeing how it kind of plays out. Maybe it's a Super Bowl rematch between Jared Goff and um, Patrick Mahomes. I don't, did they play in the Super Bowl together? Um, but it's like it's um, just going to be really interesting to see what they do offensively, to be honest, and how these teams pick each other apart. I'm sure the broadcast will be going insane about the play calling during that game. But I just didn't want to double dip and pick the Eagles too because I was thinking San Fran. I think uh... – uh, Chargers Dolphins week one will be pretty fun too. Hopefully, mm-hmm. all right. Last thing we're doing is toughest schedule. We've alluded to it before. Bart, tell us toughest schedule. Yeah, I, I think you think it's the Eagles, and I also think it's the Eagles. Um, for one thing, they have the highest average opponent win percentage based on people's win percentages last year. I think it's like, it's like 56%, which is nuts. Like for reference, I think the lowest team is like 41%. So they've got a tough schedule. And then I'm going to bring it back to sharp football analysis. One more time, the whole rest thing, get this. They have one of the lowest net rest amounts in the league, six lowest. They only have one game in the whole season where they have more rest than the team they're playing. And in each of their three games where they have less rest, they're not even bad teams. It's the Bills, 49ers, and Cowboys. So those could very well all be losses. The league basically did them no favors. I think it's the Eagles. Yeah, no, it is. There's a stretch in their schedule of Cowboys home, Chiefs away, Bills home, 49ers home, Cowboys away, Seahawks away, which I think is the most brutal like six-game stretch. 
constructed in NFL history. Obviously, maybe not. Oh yeah, I don't. Especially but, that Seahawks game. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you never know how they're going to be this year. But yeah, I mean, they're non. They play the AFC East as their other this year, which is going to be an insane division with the Jets, the Bills, the Dolphins. I don't know about the Patriots. I've seen other things saying the Patriots have the hardest schedule, but I don't think that's true. But there are three excellent teams in the AFC East that they have to play. They're non The NFC East might also be the best division in football, and they'll have to play all of them twice. And their non-AFC or NFC East games include the Vikings, who who knows, but have the potential to again be good, the Chiefs, the 49ers, and the Seahawks, which all are playoff teams last year. So it's a tough schedule. Also, they only play three 1 p.m. Eastern games out of 17 next year, which is crazy and not great for those of us who will be living in Milan, Italy um, for start times <laughs> next year. But, you know, it happens to the best of us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess that comes with the Super Bowl territory. But, yeah, they have pretty much no of, like, the normal first uh, starting game. So, yeah, it's a brutal schedule. And they'll be doing it all because of those times in the national spotlight, which is, I guess, what making the Super Bowl gets you. But we'll see how it turns out. All right. Uh, so from there, uh, we're going to move on to one more NFL segment. If you've been following along, you know that we have been going through every single NFL team this offseason and giving sort of a state of the union in response to that team, see how they're doing, where they can improve, where they can be better. And next up is the Green Bay Packers, as we've been going from the lowest winning percentage to the highest winning percentage, and we have reached the Green Bay Packers. So the Green, the uh, the Aaron Rodgers era is officially over, and it's all about Jordan Love now, Jared. What does the future look like for the Packers this year? I think the thing I'll be most interested to see is I feel like this will be like a big chance for Matt LaFleur to prove if he is the boy mm-hmm. wonder slash offensive guru that everybody thinks he is. If he's on the same level as like Kyle Shanahan, if he's on the same level as Sean McVay when you don't have a Hall of Famer as your quarterback, right? Um, and the prevailing narrative kind of around this team, too, which also feels in, fuels into that, is their offense had a lot of turnover where their defense is mostly the same, and a lot of people think they probably should be another top 10 defense this coming year. Um, and obviously, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Jordan Love. They restructured his contact uh, contract, as I'm sure a lot of people saw, so that he has... More guaranteed money this year, but less in his fifth year. So if they want to get rid of him, if they want to move on, basically, they have a lot more flexibility than they used to have. It used to be $20 million guaranteed for his fifth year. Now it's just $13.5 million over the course of the, the extension. Um, so it'll be interesting. It was a win-win for both of them because Jordan Love gets more money this year, too. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, though what that means, if it means they don't really have that much faith in him or not. I don't really have that much faith in Jordan Love. I, I mean, I, a lot of people don't think he's going to be, right? There's no way they go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to another Hall of Fame quarterback, right? Um, key losses, though, again, on the wide, uh, on the offensive side, like Alan Lazard to the Jets, Robert Tunyon, also at tight end, lost. But I feel like they did actually supplement it pretty well. They, went, they got two tight ends in the draft, which is a little quirky maybe, but I do like Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. Tucker Craft, can't say I watched any of him at South Dakota State, but shout out Pac-12 with Luke Musgrave. Jaden Reed from Michigan State as well. And a lot of people like Lucas Van Ness too, their their first round pick as well. Um so I think they actually do have like a decent core. I like Christian Watson too from last year. I think he actually could end up being somebody pretty good. Um that Rogers just kind of gave him the cold shoulder after the first drop. Um and I think he could be actually like a pretty, pretty solid wide receiver in this league. 
So I, I'm it basically going to be interesting, like, what can Matt LaFleur do with this offense that had a lot of turnover and you don't have an, a Hall of Fame quarterback? Or, like, is he on the same tier, or was he being flattered by being Rodgers' Rogers head coach? I think will be the biggest storyline that I'm looking for this year. Mm-hmm. One thing I've read is that the like a ton of people in the orb apparently are very high on love, and that's why they were so ready to see Rodgers leave. <laughs> And so I, I do think it's interesting that, like, if he is actually that guy, if he does have that dog in him, that's outrageous drafting by this organization. Mm-hmm. I would be so mad. Yeah. I mean, they, I feel like he they has played well, out. right? In his appearances, yeah, right? Like, he is not – there's nothing to indicate that he's going to be a complete bust or anything like that going into it. Yeah. I don't think that those are the two options, that he's either an awful quarterback or the next, <laughs> yes. or the next generation of <laughs> Packers Hall of Famers. Um, but I would actually lean closer that he's one of the next generations of Packers Hall of Famers than he is a complete bust, to be honest. I am a believer in what I've seen in terms of ball placement and decision-making, and, of course, we know his arm strength. Um, I also don't think that this team moves on from Aaron Rodgers um, if they don't feel like he's ready to take over. And they, I guess they could be wrong, but like what, what we saw from him, like you were saying, Lucas, is is enough for me to believe that he could put together a decent season from – start to finish. And I imagine he might, will probably get better as the year goes on, um, facing more different variations of, of NFL talent. So I don't really – I think, Jared, I think you're right as far as, like, evaluating Matt LaFleur this next offseason or this next season, um, depending on where he is as a head coach. I don't really know what happens, though, when it comes to like, okay, maybe he's not the next boy wonder, but is he a bad coach? Like, is that is that a possible outcome you think from this? Because, like, I mean, like, they could have that and they could just be like a lot of other teams where they're maybe stuck somewhere in the middle. And they have a good coach who's not great and they have a good quarterback who's not great. And they just try to see if they can win by matchups or scheme or uh, a couple things here and there. And, like, maybe we don't – we have good special teams and we don't commit penalties and that's how we win games. Um, But I think that this season is pretty inconsequential for the Green Bay Packers, even if I do think that it's going to go better than people expect. It looks almost kind of like a luxury season in the sense that, like, if Jordan Loves comes out and it's awesome, then it's like, wow, great. Like, I can't believe that they had such a good season, that they've done this where they have back-to-back-to-back fantastic quarterbacks, even if he's not Rodgers or Favre level. Um, But if it's not a great season, then it's like, okay, like, we tried this experiment after being really good for a long time. We just, like, move on and restructure. Like, I don't think they've, they've put themselves in a position where if they have a bad year, it's all over. But if they have a good year, it's like, oh, a pleasant surprise, which is how I kind of feel like it is. Yeah, I. that's right. I agree. I think the pr- part of the problem, though, with Jordan Love sitting so long is you kind of squandered the rookie, the like golden rookie contract uh, mm-hmm. time when you get like your quarterback on a cheap deal. <laughs> like he's, he has two, he already has, uh, he's going to be re-signing another contract. If he's good, he's going to be re-signing another contract, like maybe this off season, right? Probably this off season. They did give and him then that you one year, cheap. that weird, like fifth year option, pseudo fifth year option thing where they declined his fifth year option, but they gave him a one year extension of $22 million, yeah. which I don't know what the benefit really is from that. I guess for cap flexibility and the fact it's that ca- it's meant- cap flexibility, it's less, it would have been 20, $20 million guaranteed. If they took his fifth year option on the old contract, now it's thirteen point five million, spread across both years, I believe. 
So so Jordan Love, it works for Jordan Love because he gets more money up front um, in this fourth year, in this current season. And then it works for the team because if it doesn't work out, they can they have more flexibility in the fifth year. But that but even then, they like kind of maybe they'll maybe like if he's like kind of mediocre, they can like sign him to like a little a, a little deal. But even mediocre quarterbacks are making crazy money, so I don't I don't know. I think I think he kind of squandered. They kind of squandered like the rookie contract, which not to say you can't do it without that. Like the Chiefs just did it right, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's I mean, Patrick Mahomes. So. <laughs> Alrighty, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lunch Bell Guys podcast. If you enjoyed anything about this episode, please consider giving us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And um, you can follow us there as well and follow us on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok at lunchpailguys underscore all one word lunchpailguys underscore and we'll see you next week